Chinese history, the 10th to 13th century was quite special and complicated. During this period of time, the nomadic ethnic groups in northern China rose up, and many of them established their own empires, which partially coexisted with the Song dynasty in the central plains of China. The Yulin Caves give us great insights into one of the mysterious ethnic groups called the Tangut, also known in Chinese as Tang Xiang, who established the Western Xia dynasty in the year 1038 and occupied the northwest part of China, including Dunhuang, for nearly 200 years. Welcome to another episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. Today, let's continue our tour in Dunhuang's Yulin area and take a look at a cave with strong ethnic characters. The Tanguts were a people of Tibetan origin. They took advantage of their location at the eastern end of the Silk Road and acted as middlemen in trade between Central Asia and China. They created their own writing system and built their own kingdom, Western Xia. In order to stabilize and consolidate its political power, Western Xia turned to Buddhism to ease the tension between the locals and the ruling class. Buddhism became its national religion and flourished in the Dunhuang area. During this period, new caves were built and old ones got refurbished in Dunhuangmogao and Yulin. The rulers also built new Buddhist temples and translated a large number of sutras. This explains why the Western Xia period grottos at Yulin are of the highest quality and why the Yulin site became the best place for modern scholars to study the Tangut Empire. Among the four caves built in the Yulin Caves during the Western Xia dynasty, Cave 29 best showcases its ethnic history and culture. Yulin Cave 29 is located at the top of the north end of the east cliff of the river valley, which is relatively remote. It was constructed during the late Western Xia period, when Buddhism and the local economy were most prosperous. It shows almost every single element of Buddhism. The paintings of this cave contain traditional themes of the Dunhuang grottos, including Buddhist characters, sutra stories, and portraits of sponsors. It also has illustrations of the famous Tang Dynasty monk Suang Tsang, who traveled to India on a pilgrimage and returned to China with a large amount of scriptures. More than that, the images in these murals have been modified to some extent and have their own ethnic characteristics, which is different from that of central China's style. One distinct characteristic is that the human figures are slimmer in the Western Xia compared with those in the Tang dynasty. The head-to-body length ratio is about 1 to 7, while the Tang style is 1 to 6, because in the Tang dynasty, to be chubby was seen to be more beautiful. This trend has also been verified by other historical records. 
The specific year of construction for most of the other caves during the Western Xia period is difficult to identify. The main reason is that there were fewer inscriptions in the caves, and some words in the caves may even be a long-lost ethnic language, which is difficult for modern researchers to study. Cave 29 is the only one in the Yuling grottoes where the date of the excavation can be confirmed, as it contains a large number of lifelike statues and murals with clear corresponding inscriptions. That has provided first-hand information about the mysterious period. Guess what? We even know the name of the cave painter. This is very, very rare. You have to know that the excavations of the Dunhuang grottoes lasted a thousand years and involved millions of painters, but the vast majority of them were poor labourers with humble backgrounds. Although they were talented painters, it's impossible for their names to be listed along with those wealthy cave donors. Their works remained, but their names are gone with the wind. It is said that scholars have only identified about ten painters' names from various records. The painter of Cave 29 must be a distinctive person. He's made his name known after a thousand years. Maybe he was a famous local painter, or maybe he just wanted to break the rules. He succeeded. An inscription in Chinese was found on the north wall of the cave entrance, which indicated the time of the cave construction and the painter's own identity. Now, we know the painter's name was Gao Xiongde. Gao was the family name. Xiongde was the given name, which means advocating morality, a very common Chinese name. Besides, this painter also left his nickname in the inscription, which many scholars believe is a Tangut name, another proof of cultural integration in the area. From the inscriptions, we know that the cave was built in 1193, sponsored by the Chao family, an eminent local clan. It was built as a family shrine with inscriptions on the walls. The male leader of the Chao family was a high-ranking military officer. His son also served in the army. Altogether, there are three generations of the Chao family, a total of 25 people depicted on the walls of Cave 29. However, the cave is often nicknamed by scholars as the State Preceptor Cave, not the Chao family cave. This is because on the eastern side of the wall, a prominent figure, the state preceptor, was painted in the first position of all the male donors, which makes Cave 29 unique among all the Western Xia caves. Monks had supreme status in Western Xia society, and the state preceptor, who was in charge of all Buddhist clergy at that time, and also regarded as state teacher, was the highest of all. The title and name of the state preceptor of Cave 29 were included in the inscriptions. Although written in the Western Xia language, scholars did find out who he was. The state preceptor, whose name means Sea of Wisdom, sits cross-legged on a large square podium. He wears a mountain-shaped hat, a cassock and holds a flower in his right hand. He has a round face and small eyes, with a halo behind his head. A servant behind him is holding a canopy, and some disciples are sitting or standing around as if they were listening to his teachings and worshipping him.
The size of the state preceptor is much larger than the surrounding disciples, showing his holiness and majesty. Beside the state preceptor are a group of male donors from the Chao family. They are wearing round-necked red ropes with protective gear on the waist, black boots and the same mountain-shaped hats. That is the typical military apparel in the Western Xia. Right behind the painted adult donors are some teenage donors. They have very distinctive hairstyles, as the hair in the middle of their heads is shaved, leaving only a circle around it. Why are the kids bald-headed? This is a unique hairstyle of the Western Xia people. According to history, the first emperor of the Western Xia set a mandatory rule that all men needed to shave their hair on top of their heads, only leaving a fringe across the forehead and down the sides, as the ruler wanted to restore the barbarian haircutting style in order to differentiate it from the long hair style of the central China's Han people. This bizarre but real national decree of the time was vividly reflected in the mural. On the western wall, the female donors were painted, and a nun is seen leading all the female donors. The females are tall and fit, with plump faces. They fold their hands on their chests and hold flowers. They are wearing cross-collared long gowns and skirts. Their shoes have a pointed hook on the toe. They are a true portrayal of aristocratic women living in the Western Xia period. From the superior state preceptor, through the powerful local military general, to the talented painter who wanted his name to be connected with his work, Yulin Cave 29 magically combined all of them together, providing a bridge for us to enter the Western Xia culture. This not-so-long but very eventful period of occupation by the Tangut people from the High Himalayas has left its own marks and added many tales to the stories of Dunhuang, the world's largest Buddhist art gallery. In the next episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast, we will visit a cave with an ancient encyclopedia. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy in Sanlian, Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. Stay tuned. <laughs>